This is a Wild Conversation. Hi, my name is Callum Hughes. I'm a zookeeper here at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. And I'm Ashley Isaac, also zookeeper here at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. And today on a Wild Conversation, we're going to be talking about some weird animal habits or behaviors. Okay. Like I got, you... a, I got a couple about you. Okay, go for it. Let's let's hear this. <laughs> I was just referring to your lock checking habit. My lock checking habit? Yeah, lock lock lock. <laughs> lock lock lock. Hey, lock, hey, lock lock. Hey, hey. What? I have to know. <laughs> That's like it's one of the I most just, important parts of zookeeping. I just love that you say it out loud. That's the part that makes me so happy. I doubled up with you and every few minutes. Lock lock lock. Yes. Yes it is. Good job, Cal. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with the public, Ashley. I, I appreciate you for never letting me develop an ego. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Hey, I mean, all of us have those habits, though. Mine are different. Yours are different. Each zookeeper, we all have lock-checking habits. It's fair dues. Sorry. Just when I hear the word habit, that's all I think of now. No, that's totally fair. And I do find myself doing it, and that's my own way of checking the locks. And, hey, we're going to share some weird habits of animals. We should probably share, too, right? It's only fair. It's true. It's true. Um... First one we could definitely talk about, something that most people have encountered at least once, especially if you have a dog, scent rolling. Scent rolling. Oh, 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 trauma. You must have had some stories <laughs> you with your dogs. triggered me. <laughs> one time we were up on the river right in like salmon breeding season and Roxy saw a dead salmon before I did and she <laughs> like dive bombed shoulder first it, I threw away that collar it was so bad oh. I was like gagging the whole way home like why <laughs> why yeah I, I totally get it my, my pup was rolling in what I thought was grass and I was like that's ah, fine it was it, a dead bird oh no a very very dead bird oh no but apparently there is a reason for it when okay. the animal scent roll um, okay. is that, especially in dogs, we don't actually know the exact reason, but there are some hypotheses. There's a lot of things we don't know. Um, there's the idea of covering your scent. It's the idea that something stronger than your smell, um, like a oh. rotting meat or dead insects That's, or yeah. some pee or even something inorganic like perfume okay. can actually cover up your scent and if your prey smells it they're not going to recognize it as danger they're going to just be like what the heck is that yeah well your prey is <clears throat> going to smell the dead salmon for 16 miles so yeah exactly <laughs> you're, know you're coming jeez but i mean hey if you're in the fraser valley river at that time of year dead salmon's probably a pretty common smell right that's fair that is fair yeah so then they're not going <clears> to <throat> know you're coming up because they're like oh that just smells like whatever exactly yeah another theory is that it's communication so apparently they were doing studies on wolves and they found that often an individual would roll in something like rotting meat or whatnot and go back to the pack and the pack would smell it on this individual and end up tracing back the smell to the source right afterwards. Oh. So it could be a form of communication. Hey, look what I found. Exactly. Smell my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I know you give perfume to the cats as well. I do. Right here I at the do. zoo. I do. I give perfumes and colognes to uh, cats and the bears as well. And they love it. You've seen uh, Jungle Book? Jungle Book? Yes. You know that scene where Baloo like rubs himself against the back of the palm tree? Yes. One of my bears did that to cologne I had sprayed on a tree. It was so amazing. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The stronger the smell, the more they like it. They also really like mint. 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 
I can relate to that. Yeah. One of my, uh, my cat's favorites is toothpaste. Really? Yeah. Which is really fun. I don't ever want them like eating it. Right. We're not supposed to eat it. Animals can't eat it, but I'll do things like I'll take these big plastic jolly balls and I'll rub toothpaste on the inside and then they just like drool all over the ball while rubbing it all over themselves. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, it's, it's imitating a natural behavior because in their environments, they would probably find strong smelling smells. Mm -hmm. And I think what's different for cats and dogs is that cats actually have scent glands on the sides of their cheeks. Yeah, so they actually will be marking while they're rubbing on stuff. That's another theory, is that it's a point of likely, um, either it's registering as, okay, there's a strong smell here, I need to put my smell on it because this is invading my territory, Uh or maybe it's a case of, this is something strong smelling. If anything passes by, it's going to give this attention, so I might as well leave my signature here so people get, or other animals get the message yeah, so that when this they're is like, my turf. they're like, wow, this really smells. Oh, okay, and it's owned by someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting theory. I like that one. So it's not fully understood, but there are a few ideas out there. What's definitely certain is they enjoy it. I mean, yeah. have you ever seen a dog's face when they're doing that scent rolling and they're just doing that? <laughs> you know? Oh my God. Roxy was so proud of the salmon. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still, I still have trauma for that. Do you feel like having sushi after this? Oh God. Why would you do that? I love sushi. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Sorry. I had to, couldn't resist. That's so mean. And I'm crying. There are. <laughs> Actually, as well, ground squirrels do something kind of cool. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. They will actually chew up rattleskin shed, uh, rattlesnake shed skin, and they'll rub it into their tails. They'll chew it up into like a paste with their saliva, and then they'll rub it into their tails or into their bodies. Okay, I've never heard of this. Continue. And apparently, according to studies, this is um, more common in females and younger individuals than it is in adult males. And the idea is, is that when they're down in their burrows sleeping or whatnot, they will smell more like a snake than they will um, a a a squirrel. A squirrel. So if a snake ends up going down their burrow, and they would typically not eat the larger males, but rather the females and all the the, uh, pups, um, then the snake won't register them in the pitch black as their prey. It'll register them as right. another oh, sorry, snake. I didn't realize you were sleeping here. Or it <laughs> might not even go in the burrow because there's yeah. already a snake present, for example. Interesting. Um, That's really smart. Right? Yeah. So cool. it's not just the carnivores. It's sometimes the herbivores trying to hide from the uh, carnivores, which is pretty cool. That is really cool. We should definitely also talk about um, something that we often do is tantrums or <laughs> venting out yes. moments where you basically have had a really stressful day. Do you have any coping mechanisms you do if you've been really like frustrated from something? Me? Yeah, you. I am a ball of joy. I don't know what you're talking about. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, never you, rage, you, like ever. spilt my guts on my lock checking. <laughs> so I'm asking you to confess here. I don't know. I just go hiking up on mountains. I basically just do so much physical exercise that by the end of the day, I just like... Done. You know what? Fine, fine. I'll, I'll share mine. Okay. 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 okay All right. Okay. If I've been really, really stressed, what yeah. I'll do is I'll get a ball of socks. Right. Okay. okay. Ball of socks. I'm following. I'll shut my door in my room and I will listen to some heavy rock. I mean, I'm talking drowning pool, 
Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. You know that okay. song? Yes, you of know? course I do. Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. Yes. <laughs> and I'll listen to something like that and it'll help me vent all my frustrations or my anger and I'll bounce that sock ball off the wall. The reason it's a sock ball is because it will... Uh, it's softer, so it won't exactly cause a massive impact on the wall, thus not disturbing neighbors I or was, my family. I was definitely judging you there for not just like using a ball, but that makes <laughs> sense, I guess. It kind of muffles the sound out and you can throw it a bit harder, for example. Okay. And anyway, it lets me vent out my frustration. Um, and what's really cool, here's an animal you don't think of for getting frustrated and having a tantrum. Okay. Great white shark. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so That's amazing. They've actually found that they engage in a behavior called RAG, um, which stands for repetitive aerial gaping. Oh, is that when they come out and they like swing their head back and forth? Kind of, except the food's now gone. It's basically, they've noticed it happens when the food has been pulled out in front of them a few times and they've missed. And they uh, basically end up on the surface, opening their mouth, closing it, opening it, and just going, just swimming around the surface doing this. They're like, ah! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you don't think of something like a great white shark as being like, oh, God, ah, why? Every time. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. But it, scientists believe this serves as a good uh, function because it basically allows them to vent their frustrations and their anger without doing something like showing aggression to another shark that might be bigger or stronger than them and result in them getting seriously hurt or killed. Interesting. So it's it's a way for them to vent their frustrations without taking out another individual that could otherwise put them in trouble. That's really cool. Goes to show you too, it's probably important for us too that if you have those bad feelings, it's a good place to vent them in a healthy manner. Maybe I just don't have anger problems. I think you're hiding something. <laughs> I think you're hiding something, and I'm spilling my guts in this therapy session, and you're not contributing. I'm contributing plenty. I don't know what you're talking about. You know what? Though, when just speaking of animals that have tantrums just makes me think of Sandy. Sandy. Have you met Sandy, our badger? I have met her a limited number of times, yeah. She is so funny. If you do anything too complicated or you change things too much, she'll just be like, Gah! And then she goes out and she grabs just like the nearest bit of dirt and she flings it at like the wall of the door that's closest to you. She's like, <laughs> I don't like that you cleaned my bed. And she's just like flinging dirt at the door. And I'm like, Sandy. And afterwards I have to go and like sweep off the front. And then she like sits in her little bro. Like that's what you get cleaning my bed. I just I, got it to stink like me. Jeez. I, I think I really like Sandy now. She sounds like a really cool animal. She's awesome. I, I love her. I think me and Sandy can relate on a few things. Well, you know what? I wouldn't have to clean her bed so much if she would just stop peeing in it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's her fault. Uh, yeah, I had some frustrations when you started calling dinosaurs Craig. That's like my favorite thing ever. I'm going to make t-shirts. Did you ever explain why you decided to call dinosaurs Greg? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait, no. Did you ever... I remember you got frustrated after because you wanted to say, tell your bit about why you wanted to name a dinosaur. Oh, I wanted to name... If I was going to name a dinosaur, it would be yeah. after... Um, I, after one of my professors uh, oh, really? from university. Like, um, uh -huh. it would probably be, yeah, like one of my professors that's really cool so i took this really beautiful moment and i ruined it for you i guess yeah actually you want to know something really great what's fun what was that my ornithology professor's name is greg <laughs> yep 
Yeah. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. I'm just, I really wish that the people listening to this could see your face. He just made like the uh, dot dot oh, little need a upside down when C I get face. Back. I'm going to need a sock ball. Oh my um, god. A sock ball. Freaking Ashley. Another really cool um, uh, like odd habit to think about is okay. there are some animals that actually engage in taking drugs, for example. Oh, right? I think I've, I've heard I've heard of animals doing that. What's your example? My example, one I really want to focus in on, because there's enough examples you could probably do an entire podcast on. Probably. It, um, but is lemurs using millipedes? Have oh. you ever seen this? That sounds familiar. Oh. But I'm not sure that I've actually seen like the videos myself. So to put it in context, right? Millipedes um, aren't usually eaten by a lot of animals because mm -hmm. they produce these noxious chemicals when they are in defense mode, yeah. including trace amounts of cyanide. Oh, damn. Um, it's more deadly to insects because they're smaller in size. So for a human like us or most animals that are a bit bigger than an insect, it's not dangerous. Unless, unless you, you ate like a thousand of them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Lemurs have found out that they, they basically pick up these giant millipedes, these big old millipedes, and they, they bite on them. And the second they do that, you see their saliva glands go crazy. I'm talking globs of saliva coming out of their mouths, right? Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, they're shaking their heads, and this thing's, like, shaking off them, like, oh, globs of saliva. Okay. And they grab the saliva and the millipedes after really irritating this millipede, and they rub it all over their bodies. And the idea behind it is that the secretions by the millipede is actually a good pesticides against any um, lice or mosquitoes, for example. Interesting. Yeah, because they avoid the millipedes because they know that they're noxious. Yeah. And the um... chemicals are enough for something that small that it's dangerous. Oh, that's Wh really cool. Whereas for the lemur, it's not so bad. However, they do get a kind of, they get induced in a kind of a high from it. Um, oh my god! So they definitely have an effect. They, the scientists or researchers watching them notice that they uh, they definitely get a little bit stoned. A little out of it. A little out of it, <laughs> which is kind of weird to think about because we often don't think of animals engaging in certain compounds that would give them a high. I think, I mean, other than like cats and catnip. Yeah. <laughs> That's what people usually think of. But for like a predator, it makes sense. But something like a lemur, you would yeah. think it would make them vulnerable. Yeah, because they'd, to... they'd always want to be kind of at the the peak of their performance in case something comes out of the bushes. Yeah. I mean, you imagine like there's just a lemur just being like, dude, I think my natural predator is my spirit animal, man. Oh that's, that's messed up. <laughs> there's like a troop of lemurs in the back like, Gary, Gary, you have to run. It's real, <laughs> Gary. Oh my God, dude! Does that mean like I'm my own worst enemy? That's very insightful, Gary. But you have to run. <laughs> That's very insightful. <laughs> like I love these scenarios you make. These are amazing. <laughs> but apparently, it suits them. Maybe the parasites or the mosquitoes are a bigger threat than predators, like that animal you brought up in animals you might not have heard of. Fossa. Fossa. Fusa or Fossa? Fusa. F-O-S-S-A. That's how you spell it. It, it might be potato, potato. <laughs> exactly. I've heard potato, potato, so. tomato, tomato. Huh? <laughs> Sorry. No worries. That was a reference to a movie. It's fine. <laughs> I, I didn't watch that movie. Mega Mind, man. Um, so good. 
have you ever heard of selfish gene theory? Selfish gene theory. No. It's Maybe, probably, I don't know. That most animals are out there to pass on their genes. Yes. To the next generation. Yes. But then that makes it quite confusing for us when we see examples of animals engaging in behaviors that put them at threat to protect another individual. Like alarm calls, right? Okay. If you're calling out and making alarm calls to the other individuals that there's a predator nearby... The predator knows where you are. Exactly. Yeah. Um, or examples where um, animals will display together. For example, there are some birds where they get in groups, like some of the birds of paradise. I think I've seen some of those videos. They're really funny. They'll like do their little mating dance with like four individuals, but only one of them gets to mate. Exactly. Yeah. So why do that? Why waste your energy, waste your time, risk your life for protecting those individuals? Mm -hmm. And it's actually been found in a lot of these cases that the individuals are actually genetically related to each other. Oh, Brothers, okay. cousins, things like that. It's the bro life. Exactly. If he gets some, then we've all succeeded. <laughs> turkeys will do it. Apparently, male turkeys will display together. Oh, and they cool. found that generally they're related to each other when they do that. Hmm. There's got to be a lot of trust there to dance together. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, but this actually works out in their favor because if you're related, it means some of your genes are being passed on. Yeah. So if he's successful and you're by proxy successful kind of thing. Exactly. That's really cool. So I don't know if you're one of those people that has siblings and you feel in the pressure of, or, of, for any reason to have kids or anything like that, you can just turn around and say, actually, I support my siblings and I'm engaging in that selfish gene theory. Where yeah, you, I have, just... you have no idea I'm already planning to do that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many siblings do you have? Oh my God, that's a complicated question. Like my mom has had five. There's five of us biologically, but we're a foster home so we have a i have a lot of siblings that i consider my siblings that are not technically genetically related to me got you so it's a complicated question i think Fair right days. now i've got a good like 13 like i don't know that's pretty awesome yeah no and i love them all and i don't plan to ever have children because i've basically helped raise half of them so exactly <laughs> your gene theory but i'm gonna go straight into grandma mode okay i mean I'm by that spoil theory, those kids. you're probably more gen you probably have better fitness according to charles darwin than i would if i have one kid so just put that in perspective <laughs> there you go there you go see i'm already i'm already ahead of you <laughs> didn't know this was a competition but at least i'm winning i mean you know if if you know we're following darwin's theories <laughs> but yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> the other thing i want to talk about is something called tonic inability okay this is more commonly known in sharks but there are tons of it's basically a term for playing dead oh so okay why would you think when something gets grabbed by a predator it decides oh i'm just gonna pretend to be dead yeah i guess i could see if the predator's like, oh, well, what the heck did he die from? Yeah. I'm not sure I want to mess with this. Exactly. Yeah. Right? It's, it, it, but, but at the, the same time, you could be doing the yeah, predator a you, favor. You run the risk of the animal being like, well, that was easy. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for many species, it works out pretty well. Huh. Um, so, for example, possums. In fact, I think there's been research that has shown that it's not actually a conscious decision. It's more like something the body does when, when it, it experiences stimuli when and it's under a lot of stress kind of thing exactly oh. they have no control over it that um, would be really annoying right <laughs> just like going about your day and then someone like jump scares and you're like 
damn it, Greg, and then fall over. <laughs> exactly. And then you are stuck in that trance for a bit because it costs energy. I mean, you, your heart rate lowers, your breathing rate lowers, your temperature can lower in certain cases. That's so um, cool. So it's interesting that animals engage in that, but a lot of animals pair it up with a couple things. Yeah. Like they release a foul smell um, yeah. from glands. Like I used to catch grass snakes as a kid, which is a bit like a garter snake here. Yeah. And they do that. They basically yeah. open their mouths wide up, stick their tongues out, roll over on their backs, and they release a foul-smelling liquid. Yes. Well, garter snakes do that, but they don't do the play dead thing. They just struggle while peeing on you <laughs> or releasing whatever that is. Just, yeah. You're like, ugh. Oh. I've held a lot of garter snakes. Grass snakes do <laughs> that up. play dead thing. I used to catch them all the time as a kid on the farm. Um, and, and let them go, of course, but, uh, yeah. they, uh, the stink sticks to you. Oh, like gosh. you wash your hands, it sticks. Ugh. It does not leave That's you. That's gross. But that foul smell is usually a warning to us that, Hey, this animal has been rotting for a while. If you eat this, you're going to be sick. Yeah. Don't eat this. So maybe for them, it's like, Oh, maybe that thing I caught wasn't alive. Maybe it's been here rotting for a while. I probably shouldn't eat it. Interesting. Yeah. Have you heard of hog noses? They do the same thing. I, I have hog, heard of hognose snakes, hog-nosed but I didn't snakes, know they did that. They play dead. They'll like flip themselves onto their back, open their mouths, and stick their tongue out and pretend to be dead. The funniest thing, though, is that if they get really invested in it, and if you flip a hognose snake back onto its belly, it'll flip itself back over. Really? Yeah, like, <laughs> well, that kind of ruins the whole we think you're dead thing. <laughs> I love that. It's like drama class where He's they like, tell no, you to play dead and this you just is what get it looks dramatic. Like. It's like, this is what it looks like when you're dead. <laughs> can't be dead on my stomach. I have to be dead on my back. But what's really cool, too, is that they also have sensors that are constantly monitoring what the predator is doing. Mm-hmm. So there are some examples where the animals are able to actually notice if they're being watched. Like, they're slowly, like, taking looks either with their eye or some senses that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And they pick up when it's safe, and that's when their body goes back to its normal functions, and then they walk off. That's super cool. Right. But an unusual behavior, it makes you wonder how that evolved. I know. Yeah, this is super, super interesting thing to think about. Mm. Well, this has Ooh. been a great conversation. <laughs> it's been good. <laughs> I'm only mildly crying. Very revealing towards my habits. You haven't shared any of your habits. I'm very secretive, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone has any questions for us, um, please do not hesitate to contact us at podcast at gvzoo.com or DM us on our social media. I'm Callum Hughes. And I'm Ashley Isaac. And this has been A, a Wild, Wild Conversation. Conversation.